0: All right, back to the phones we go. The wild card line once again. This time it's Stan in South Dakota. Stan, good morning and welcome to Coast.
1: Uh, Good morning, Richard. And uh, I just want to thank you for the wonderful, lighthearted, professional job you do. It's such an enjoyment. I appreciate that. Thank you. There's very few people. George is number one. And um, you're probably number two. Well, um, I listen to a lot of talk radio, but I, I was wondering if the audience would like to hear a, an angel story. I'm I
0: I can be pretty confident in asserting that yes, they would, <laughs> and so would I. Yes. So would I.
1: Well, well, see, I think I never thought about this much, and I've been recuperating from uh, toxemia. And uh, so today, I was just calling up old friends and sharing, uh, and about 15 years ago, I was at a substance abuse meeting, and we were about halfway done. It was at Trinity Lutheran Church in Vermilion, and all of a sudden, I heard this beautiful singing and piano playing, and we thought it was just one of the members of the church, practicing for choir and then she played about three songs and then the music stopped and she came into our room and sat down and we thought well maybe she's a 89 year old former substance abuser <laughs> and uh, so anyway she started talking about love and peace and and everything like, and uh well I said no but this is uh, substance but i said you know you're welcome to stay as an open visitor well then one of the ladies got real mad she didn't want her in there and everything and uh so she insisted that she leave and um, then another person insists and everything so anyway she left and she said well she said people didn't didn't uh welcome jesus either and I, I couldn't figure this out. This was really strange. So I felt bad that they treated her so bad. So when she left, I, I followed her and she got out the front door and she was no longer there. I mean, did you
0: see her, her? Did you see her vanish or
1: she, you just no, lost I, track? Of she her. was vanished when I got out there. Ah. I mean, it took about two minutes before I decided uh and I looked, I went down the west road, the east Road, and nothing there, not a thing and uh, nobody in the church knew her as it was and I never she was uh she was an angel dressed like a civilian very but as I you know I never thought much of it then because I really wasn't into that uh, at that time, but lately I said, who else could have it been?" But an angel, so I told the secretary today about it. She said that's funny because our former music director kept hearing this beautiful voice when she was there all alone.,
2: you
1: know, uh-huh. but she never saw so I definitely believe and you are a christian, I'm a christian, a real christian uh and one that loves. And uh, I really believe God is always trying to show us to turn away from the dark side and to the light side. And he, he does that. But we're so wrapped up in our worldly pursuits, we don't take time to listen and uh so, that, anyway, is so
0: uh, that is so true. That's a wonderful story. I I certainly believe in angels, no question. Yeah, I believe in an unseen absolutely. world. I believe in angels. I believe in demons. Um, well, yes. yes without uh, question.
1: Yeah, but what this, you keep, so another thing I wanted to, you interviewed Mark Lindsay, right? From,
0: Mark uh, Lindsay. Arizona,
1: um, take off your rainbow. Of Paul Revere and the Rangers.
0: No, I, I did not. That was not well,
1: me. That must have been Eon. Then.
0: Ian Punnett, perhaps, yes.
1: Well, you know who Mark Lindsay is, right?
0: No, I don't.
1: He was with Paul Revere and the Raider. Okay. And he, and he had a big hit called Arizona.
0: I remember Paul Revere and the, uh, the Raiders, those crazy outfits that they wore. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were. And they... We've seen them in person and they did the song kicks, you know, kicks just keep.
0: Oh, that's they right. Listen. That's the, that
1: was their big hit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, uh, but if you have a chance, you should look up the archives of when Eon. And again, I send my condolences to his family. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, that would they'd be really, inter- uh, Mark, he was, uh, in the, uh, Terry Melcher, Doris Day's son, like two days in the same area before the Manson slings. uh,
0: That's right. That's right. I remember
1: about that with uh, Terry Melcher. Yes.
0: Stan, great to speak with you and thank you so much for uh, for calling in. I appreciate it. All right. Let's say hi to Ruth is in Maryland. Ruth, welcome back. You spoke with me uh, a couple of weeks ago
3: and you were you called about the
0: underground base and offsetting the gases, I think. Right.
3: Yeah. I wanted to respond to Brendan's call and I wanted to say you're welcome to him and thank you for responding to my call. I mean, I'm not sure if that's the right. I'm just was guessing about that would be a good way to release the gases. And. um, I wanted to talk to you about that. I wanted to tell you something funny about that they you know these gases that they release at the waste plant yes. um, they have a fan that blows the gas. I told you our whole town stunk and smelled you know when I was growing up and now they have they have a fan and they change directions like they'll blow it one way towards the one town for a while and then they'll blow it towards the the other town that I grew up in, where the facility is, and anyway, um, my sister in law told me I don't know if this is true or not, but it probably is true. They actually have a baseball game to decide which way to blow the fan, the direction of the fan. I just thought, <laughs> what that, does
0: it smell uh, like? Funny. What does it smell like?
3: Oh my gosh, the whole town growing up, it just all the time smelled like you know, like a um, waste, like like like. Crap, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna mm. say. yeah, it, right. it was manure. Yeah. yeah, it was really, it was really bad. I mean, and and the river was so bad. Even back in the early sixties, you couldn't go swimming or anything in the, um, in the river there in Back River. But um, anyway, if he's interested in. Um, Brendan, if you ever make it to Baltimore, I can leave my number. I could tell you exactly where this underground facility is. There's actually a church above it right now.
0: A church above it. And is there access to it from the church?
3: I have no idea. I don't know no. how they got inside of there. I don't know. I'm pretty sure my dad worked in there when I was a baby because he was, you know, he was oh he retired a couple of years after I was born. He was older when I was born, but um I don't know how they got down and and I was wondering too, uh, Richard, about this. I was curious about this. If a lot of people believe that these extraterrestrials or whatever actually live underground, do you think some of these underground places were already there and then our people just start using them?
0: That's the rumor I've heard, yes.
3: Oh, okay. That's, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, thank you, Richard. Cause I didn't think you were too interested in the subject or whatever, but, and, and I wanted to well, I just didn't have a
0: lot to offer. Answer. I just didn't have a lot to offer in terms of, you know, uh, it's getting pretty technical. You know, how would they vent the, the, uh, off gas, the, uh, you know, from these deep underground bunkers and, uh, you know, uh, that earlier caller made a, a good point. When you're so deep underground and you've got condensation and so forth and vents being, uh, you know, plugged up with the condensation and then freezing, uh, I hadn't thought about it in those terms. It's it's more complicated than I originally thought. But if they have the technology to, to build these facilities so deep underground, uh, I'm sure they have accounted for all of that. So it's not a, it's probably not an issue. But uh, great to hear from you again, Ruth. Thank you. Uh, Charles is in Texas. Uh, Charles, welcome to Coast.
4: All right. Great. Great. Thank you. Uh, So great. Anytime we talk about rock and roll, great show. Thank you. I'd like to uh, say
1: that I think that Creedence Clearwater Revival is the greatest American rock band of all time. Uh, And a shout out to John Fogerty.
0: Yes, I know he's a listener. I'm sure he's listening.
1: But uh, the thing of it is, with the religion part of it is I was going to ask if you've ever heard anybody say that religion is heroin for the masses.
0: Well, that's, that's Karl Marx, uh, opiate, uh, opiate for the masses is what he said. Um, that's from Karl Marx. And uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, if you're a, um, a marxist or a communist and you're a materialist then you know you you might argue that but as someone if you have any sort of spirituality um and people who are spiritual are not are not um, materialists then i don't think you would say that all right charles thank you for that let's say hi to uh scott is in costa mesa california scott good morning welcome to coast
2: hey richard you, you and Tommy were talking a little bit earlier about your your records and your collections. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, too, want to praise vinyl. You know, when, when you play a record, your intention is to listen to it. You know, you, you find the record, you pull it out of its sleeve, you put it on the turntable. You're invested in the effort and you put yourself into the experience. And That's a
0: good vinyl point. Yes.
2: is... Yeah, vinyl is and records are awesome. And it seems like music, sure, it's convenient today, but it seems more like background noise. And- uh, I
0: I agree. There's something I, – I mean, I have two feet firmly planted in the analog world, um, and I, I miss my vinyl. And you're right. Um, the thing is, you know, the, the artists who recorded that album, they were very deliberate in the, the order and the track listing, you know, uh, they it was intended to be listened one track following the next. there was a reason for that, and now we have um you know m p threes or or whatever spotify and you can jumble up the track listing and you can listen to one song and then not the rest of the album and and you're right it's it's you're it's almost the same with digital cameras digital cameras now when you had film in that camera, you spent each frame very carefully you composed it you you know me. You made sure the light was right. Uh, now we just we, we we we're constantly, you know, taking pictures with our 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 phones, and they're digital, so we just throw them away. We just dispose of them, delete them.
2: It's it's nostalgic, and I I do find that the the young young kids, uh, I'm so old, um, are finding the joy in records. And so, what once is old is new again. But I just, yeah,
0: wanted- they're coming back. I'm told that 2023 was a huge, a big year for vinyl, uh, one of the biggest years in decades for, for, for sales with vinyl. So, uh, and a lot of artists are, 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 releasing on vinyl again, which is encouraging. I don't know that it'll ever be like it was, you know, back in the, the, the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, but, um, you know, people have a lot of money invested in their vinyl and, uh, um, I'm, I'm glad that it's still around. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's see. Uh, we can squeeze in Al in Louisiana. Al, good morning. Welcome to Coast.
4: Yeah, Richard. Uh, I'm talking many, many moons ago. I used to listen to Bell when he first started out a First Time Caller, but we used to go to a nightclub in Metairie, Louisiana, which was a few miles outside the quarter. And we would see Edgar and Johnny Winters every so often. They would just show up and play. And uh the same place, the Doobie brothers would they would drive in from Texas going to play to a couple of clubs in the French quarter and they would come stop at the night nutcracker and play for ten cents beer night. I used to tell people years later they'd look at me like I was crazy. You know, but we saw them constantly, you know. It was, it was amazing, this place in Metairie. It was a rock club that all of a sudden these famous people that weren't famous yet really would show up. And we used to kid about, I, I used to think the Winters brothers were from Louisiana because one of them, I think, was, uh, he was he would institutionalize himself. And every once in a while he'd come out and play music And we kind of thought that he was from Louisiana. It was more like a joke because uh, there was a place uh, across uh, the lake in uh, Louisiana that used to have, you know, these hospitals where people would go. And we used to always think that, I don't remember which one it was, Edgar or Johnny, but uh, we really, we saw some pretty good people at this little bitty place. In a matter very way.
0: fortunate. Yeah. You were very fortunate, Al. Thank you for the call. Got to run. We're approaching the bottom of the hour. We'll get back to more of your calls. East of the Rockies. AC is in Cleveland. AC. Good morning. Welcome to Coast.
5: Hello, Richard. Hi there. I uh, want to bring up something. I've been. I listened to the show the other night, and a number of callers, the guests, George. Uh, We're talking about the rapture, the second coming, and I want to make some very important clarifications. First of all, Jesus clearly taught a rapture. In fact, he clearly taught a pre-tribulation rapture. And people use the term second coming. The second coming of Jesus, Jesus made it clear, has no arrival on planet Earth. There is a second arrival or third coming, but the second coming has no arrival, and Jesus talked about this second coming or pre-tribulation rapture no less than seven times in the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24 and 25, and he made this analogy, as the days of Noah were social, also the coming of the Son of Man, and he said, as in the days that were before the flood, not during it and not after it. And so there's a lot of confusion going on out there. And I just completed um, my sixth radio show proving what Jesus taught on the pre-tribulation rapture. And so if people are interested, they could access Thord and Dove Ministries and get all the uh, podcasts I've done on Matthew 24 and 25. And so people are... They, they're they not being fair, so many of them, as far as they say, well, there's not going to be a rapture, or there's not going to be a pre-tribulation rapture, but this is the same attitude that existed in Noah's day. People didn't want to believe there was going to be a flood. And Noah built this ark, and for 120 years he preached, warning people, trying to get them to come on the ark. And You're finding the same thing today. People, maybe they started out believing in a rapture, a pre-tribulation rapture, and they're falling away from it. But there's going to be a rapture, and I can say that with absolute certainty. And it's not going to be a pretty picture after the rapture takes place. It's going to be the worst time on planet Earth. And that's when the Antichrist will be on the scene, he will become the world leader. He will make a covenant with Israel, and he will be worshipped as God in a newly rebuilt temple, and he's going to institute the mark of the beast. So it's it's a time to avoid, and God offers us a way to avoid it. So it's coming, and uh, I care about people, and I don't wouldn't want anybody to be left behind in this seven-year tribulation period.
0: So, all right, AC, I appreciate your call. Um, now, I'm uh, the, the Greek Orthodox tradition. We do not subscribe to uh, a rapture event, um, and I know it's you know it's somewhat controversial. Some do, some don't. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure what why the uh, the Orthodox faith does not subscribe to a rapture. Um, something I'll have to look into. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, let's see, Bonnie's in Ontario, California. Bonnie, good morning. Welcome to Coast.
6: Hi, Richard. Can Can you hear me?
0: I can. Yes. Go ahead.
6: Okay. Well, thank you for taking my call. Um, Tom told me I had to be quick. So I, um, you know, I, I a lot of things I want to talk about because it's just a lot of things that I. Um, before I get, so I told him a, you know I had an abduction story. But before I get into that, I really want to say something that needs to have been said a long time ago, and that is that you know I was at the in Las Vegas the night of the shooting, and I know can attest to the fact that it was not Stephen Paddock. There are a lot of people involved in that. Some of them were famous people that are actors, and it had to do with O.J. Simpson getting uh, released from jail that night, the night before. And that's all I'm going to say on that. You know, some other call, I'll, I'll get into it. But it's, it really needs to be said that it was not Stephen Paddock. There there were many people involved. So, well, anyway, there's certainly
0: a lot of unanswered questions about uh, what happened that night. And uh, I don't know that we'll ever get to the bottom of it. All right. So what else do you got for us?
6: Yeah. So anyway, in, in 2008, I don't, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. But on two, in 2008, I went on a mission trip to the Philippines and you know, this was a, a church group that I went with. Um, I was part of the Filipino choir at a church in Santa Clarita, California and I was um, I wanted to go because i I wanted to do, to do mission work so I, it was just me and all the all of the Filipinos that were going. and we were going with an organization called Galid Kalinga, which builds homes for the poor in the Philippines. So they had raised a bunch of money, and we were going to go there and, and, and help out, you know, with some of these villages in Mindanao. Well, anyway, just to give an idea of how determined the, the people in the CIA are that go after people who are abductees, um, when we were on our way there, this guy showed up in our group and just joined us when we got to Manila. And, the, you know, I... He was he was a Caucasian guy, and he was about my age, and I started talking to him on the bus, and I said, so, you know, you're on our trip. I said, how, how you know, are you part of our group, or how, you know, are you part of Galakalini? He said, oh, no, I just heard about the trip. I said, well, oh, I said, are you are you Catholic? No, I'm not Catholic. I, I live in Woodland Hills, you know, and I'm like, how did you find out? oh I just heard about it, and I asked permission to get on, you know, and the, the leader told me it was okay, and I'm thinking, this is really odd, okay, but anyway... We got to this monastery in Mindanao where it's like in the middle of the jungle. I mean, no, nothing around but roosters and monks, okay? And, I mean, it took a, a van and, and, you know, you couldn't even find your way there. People had to give you directions because there were no roads. So we get there, and during the night, this is the first night there, <clears throat> I hear a helicopter this is Mindanao. I hear a helicopter. I'm laying in the bed, and we're in this little dorm room that was just, the, you know, little two little bunk beds. You know, I'm sharing a room with an, another gal, and and just, a, you know, just how a monk would live—a little dormitory, you know, with nothing there. And I hear this very loud helicopter. I'm thinking, is this my imagination? And I hear it land, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm dreaming this. And then I hear someone walk into this place, into the into the monastery, and. And I hear them going to the room across the hall and, and say my name, and I get up and I go and I hide under the bed in the, into the next, you know, in the, in the girl's bed, that underneath her bed, and he walks in and it's, it's the ET doctor. Of course, you know, back then I didn't know this, but who he was. But he walks in and he says, "Bonnie, here." And she says, "No, she's not here." And and. He,
7: you know, he he sees. Sorry, I
0: gotta I gotta interrupt you, Bonnie, because I feel like I'm coming in halfway through a movie. I know I know you've been on coast before, and you've told maybe parts of your story. Uh, I'm kind of playing catch up here, and maybe many listeners who haven't heard you before as well. So, um,
6: okay, I'll explain. Can't
0: you can't assume that we've 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 heard your story before because many of us haven't.
6: Okay, I'll I'll explain. So anyway, so this. The, the the et doctor I'll get into to what he is but he well I don't have
0: a lot of time I got about a minute here so you're gonna have
6: oh, to okay so he begins he basically he, he basically begins attacking me and he finds out I, you know I find out or I explain to him that that don't don't attack me because I'm pregnant so he says oh well, we're gonna take care of this right now he puts they put me in the helicopter take me across seas okay into a navy ship. And it's sitting out in the ocean, and we dredge through the water and get up onto the deck. And I want to explain about the E.T. doctor. He's, he is cybernetic. He has a, a E.T. inside that cybernetic shell that is a gray. So we go down into the ship, into the belly of the ship, and he tells me, don't, don't um, watch. And he goes into another room, and all of a sudden I see this gray come out of his body. And I just passed out. And then they take me into this room and they're telling me there's all these creatures around this table. And one of them is like long gray head with big blue eyes. And they're telling me they're giving me an abortion. And then after they finish, he takes me back in the helicopter, back to the place. And when I wake up in the morning, of course, nobody remembers anything because we'd all been drugged with the drug, you know, ketamine. But my shoe, which had fallen off in the helicopter because my legs were dangling down, it fell off in the ocean. I never could figure out what happened to my shoe. It wasn't until I went through regression like eight years later that I remembered all of this stuff that had happened. But that guy that was on our trip ended up, you know, we ended up finding out he was with the CIA and he took off with one of our vans and left us. And we had ended up calling another driver, you know, because the, the guy, the leader, figured out who he was and told him to get out of, you know, to leave. But it was, it was, you know, a, a something that I didn't, you know, again, they used, they used ketamine on people so that they can't remember. So nobody in the group, when they woke up in the morning, had memories of it, except everybody was like, what happened last night? Why was, why was my room barricaded? Why do I, I have this horrible headache? Bonnie, why are you soaking wet? You know, it was, it was um, uh, some kind of experience. It was, um, there was the ETs that were there. One was a stand-up alligator. One was um, a gray, the little gray, and then the one, the main one, was this tall um, thing with this long gray head with these big blue eyes, kind of like in the movie The Fifth Element, but her head was really thin, and I'd seen her in other abductions before, and he was asking her, you know, hey, can I have the baby, and she said, no, you're too young to eat the gray, and she and he started crying, and, you know, I don't understand what that was all about, but, you know, they did the abortion, and I, you know, I... I um you know, figure that. I, I, I didn't know even at the time that I was pregnant, but I would later figure out that's what happened.
0: Oh, dear. That's uh, that's quite a traumatic event. I'm, I'm I'm sorry to hear about that, Bonnie. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, let's see. We're going to go to Elise in Dallas. Elise, welcome to Coast.
7: Hi, hey Richard. Hi oh, there. I just enjoy you so much, and I'm so happy you had Frank on. I, I, had, I tried to call in, and I think that My phone, it's never off. And I was, I wanted to talk to him to ask him about when he came. Or just, I just would love to say, if he's listening, Frank, when I was 12 years old, (laughs) I went to the Texas gym and it was like very hot. Oh my goodness. I had to see my mahogany rush. And I was that young and there were so many people there. There were, they had a fair open, the state fair of Texas. And we were all like out, I guess, a really the fair. He didn't think he'd be showed up. So he decided he would just show up the last one. And he was so hot. He stand it on stage because I was like right in front. I was right there in the front on some guy's shoulders because I was like 12 years old, five foot eight and very tall, that I was just like, oh my God, this Ted Ninja, and they were shooting, the fire department was shooting, water at us. and poor Frank was like, trying not to pass out. He was dressed in leather, but it was just, just a memory, a childhood memory.
0: Wow, and sounds anyway, like a just, great show.
7: I'm so grateful you had him on. That was so good.
0: Wow. Well, thank you, Elise, and thanks for sharing that story. Yeah, that could have been a, uh... That could have been a dangerous situation. A lot of people packed into a tight space and uh, the hot weather and lack of ox- uh, access to water. I'm glad everyone's okay. Uh, DJ, west of the Rockies in Santa Ana, California. DJ, welcome to Coast.
8: Hi, thank you, Richard. Uh, love hearing your voice. I wish you could hear more than once, twice a week, but really love to hear you on the show. always. I, I first remember done the um, uh, open line calling. I usually call it a question for guests, but Wanted to get your perspective on something. Not looking for you to validate it at all. It's just a concept I have about consciousness, and wanted to get your thoughts on it. You're okay. man. You talk to a lot of interesting people. Um, so my thought is that our consciousness is very similar to like a cell phone and the wireless internet, and in that our brain is like a wireless device. And that is what uh, uh, that is where we manifest uh, our consciousness through. That where are the receiver. The brain is the receiver, but consciousness itself is non-local and exists kind of like the wireless internet, like a uh, uh, you know, it's in the cloud out there, and and our genetics give us predisposition towards um, towards rendering that consciousness a certain way um, through our, our physical uh, being. But uh, that consciousness doesn't necessarily reside in our brain. It's not what um, is the term that people use. It, it doesn't uh, aggregate out from the brain. It's it's something that's separate from us, and our brain is just the receiver. And maybe our I think genetics in our body affect the way that we interpret or render that consciousness out, but it's, uh, it's separate from us.
0: Oh, I think that's so. a good analogy of uh, the brain being a wireless receiver. I, I agree that, that consciousness does not reside in the brain, uh, that it exists outside of of the body. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think we can squeeze in one more. Rich is in Redwood City, California. Rich, welcome to Coast. We have to make it quick.
4: Yeah. Thank you. you know, you, you made a mistake when you referred to Marxism as materialistic. Uh, Karl Marx's ideas were, have to do with the theory of history. Dialectical materialism is a theory of history. It's not a philosophical materialism. In fact, he's a secular humanist. In fact, Nietzsche went further than Marx. He said, uh, Christianity promises everything and delivers on nothing. And then he calls it, I call it a narcotic poison that is viciously abused. So they were both secular humanists, in fact. So it is incorrect to call them philosophical materialists.
0: All right. Appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. We uh, are, are done. I think we're done. But I'll be back tonight to do it all over again. And I guess they will keep bringing me back until I get it right. For George Norrie, George Knapp, Lisa Lyon, Stephanie Smith, Tom Danheiser. Dan Galanti, and Chris Burrows, Sean Lattisor, and uh, Tim Benall. I'm Richard Serrett. Oh, and also in uh, Brantford, Ontario, Scott Park. Thank you for your ears and your voices, your beautiful voices. Until tonight, so long for now.